Hi, my name is Julian, and I'm in Fort Liberty, North Carolina. And I just finished my last day on active duty in the United States Army. This podcast was recorded at 1.12 p.m. on Tuesday, August 8th, 2023. Things may have changed by the time you hear it, but I'm still going to be sleeping in and relaxing. Okay, here's the show. That sleep probably hits different. Yeah. I, I was going to say, imagine. get that sleep. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a lot of work. Thank you for your service. Yeah. Hey there. It's the NPR Politics Podcast. I'm Miles Parks. I cover voting. I'm Kelsey Snell. I cover politics. And I'm Domenico Montanaro, senior political editor and correspondent. And today we are talking about age. President Biden is the oldest president in U.S. history at 80 years old. Donald Trump is 77. The median age of a U.S. senator is 65 years old. And there are four senators, including Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, who are over 80. For a member of the U.S. House, the median age is a little younger at 58 years old. But the typical age of an American is under 40 years old. So, Kelsey, what's going on here? Is this a new thing that our government is much older than the average population? Well, it's not really a new thing. The new thing here really is that people are living longer and uh, people are staying in office until their late 80s. But people have stayed in office for a long time in government for a long time. So a couple of things are happening here. One is that the country is becoming more polarized, particularly when you're looking at House races. A lot of the decisions about who will eventually become the representative um, in a congressional district are decided at the primary level. The person who wins a primary in a heavily Republican district will probably wind up being the Republican representative from that district. And you know, parties tend to not want to uproot people who have been representing uh, them for a long time. Another thing is that voters really do seem to like people with experience. It came up in the studies that I was reading uh, for this reporting over and over is that there is a sense that an older person has more life experience and might be better at doing the job of representing thousands or millions of people. Another thing is that there is a true advantage to being an incumbent. There are lots and lots of ways where it makes it easier to be reelected than it is to run for election the very first time. So there are kind of layers happening here. We do have a fairly significant increasing age situation in Congress yeah. and in the and in the presidency. I mean, Biden is the oldest person to ever serve in as president. And it's not like he's 69 or 70 years old, like we were talking about when Ronald Reagan was there in the 1980s and people were talking about his mental acuity, although it was revealed later that he was suffering from some earlier uh, stages of Alzheimer's. Not quite the same with President Biden, despite the fact that you have conservative media lining up to say that he's senile, he doesn't know where he is, et cetera, et cetera. Frankly, I think all of that kind of conversation just serves to potentially lower the bar for any kind of debate that comes up. And if Biden is able to kind of, you know, string sentences together and appear to be on top of things, then uh, he seems to, quote unquote, win a debate. But, you know, this is a serious concern for a lot of people. You know, when we polled about this, almost two thirds of Americans said that Biden's mental fitness to serve uh, was a serious concern, not one to be dismissed, including almost four in 10 Democrats. I should say that Domenico is right, that while this may not be a new phenomenon, having an older representation than necessarily is uh, re reflected in the average age of the public, 
there are a lot of older members of Congress. I think we have seen the oldest Congress in history. Again, some of that is about life expectancy, but we also are seeing a lot of older people in leadership. So it is actually a very real thing. This is not just something people are imagining. Well, this is what I'm trying to understand, because I feel like that poll you mentioned, Domenico, I feel poll numbers come out every week, it feels like, where voters are saying that they are concerned about the age of the politicians in office. And at the same time, voters keep voting for these people. And so do we have any sense, Kelsey, on uh, how much voters actually care about this as an issue that they will vote based on? Yeah, I spoke with Jennifer Wolak. She is a professor at Michigan State University, and she's been studying that question exactly. And she and her co-author did a couple of different experiments and studied existing voter data. And they basically found that people don't really worry that much about age when they actually go to vote. She said that People generally don't discriminate one way or another. They do tend to occasionally, she refers to it as punishing the uh, the older candidate, but it's about by two points at the very most. So she said the difference between a 30-year-old member of Congress and an 80-year-old member of Congress when it comes to approval ratings is a difference of about two points. And it was a slight penalty for being older in that context, but it was very small. Yeah, and I was going to say that you know even in the survey that we did, we saw Biden's approval rating tick up in that survey from the Mm -hmm. previous month. So, you know, yes, this is a concern. They say it's a serious issue, a serious concern, but it doesn't mean it's the most important issue for a lot of people. You know, at the end of the day, our elections are largely binary and people are going to make a choice between who they most, you know, agree with. And when you think about former President Trump, he's not much younger than President Biden currently, 77 years old. Um, He maybe presents himself in a bit more energetic of a way. The camera's not exactly trained on him every day, and he has a certain sort of style that uh, people sort of expect some, you know, maybe irrationality in the way that he talks about certain things. But when you look at Trump and his sort of you know the the repelling effect that he has on some in the middle and on the left you know those people on the left and the people in the middle who might have some concerns about Biden are also saying they'd rather vote for Biden than for Trump Kelsey are there practical effects in Congress for instance to having an aging government body yeah and there there are a lot of different ways that this presents itself one is that it has kind of Um, empowered staffers in a pretty significant way. Um, I've spoken just kind of off the record and just chatting with staff about how if there is an older member of Congress who maybe doesn't have the physical capability to keep up or in some cases the mental acuity, the staff does become more empowered. That's not necessarily a negative thing, but it is an outcome. Another thing that is very easy to see is the way that the ranks of uh, potential future leaders has kind of deteriorated. And I think people most often point to House Democrats when they're thinking about this, uh, because Nancy Pelosi, who is now no longer in leadership, and uh, the rest of this this kind of cohort of longtime leaders had stayed in those positions for so long that people who were generally thought of as the kind of the up-and-coming leadership of the party left. I'm thinking about Chris Van Hollen, who is now a senator from Maryland. Um, I'm thinking about Javier Becerra, who left. um, He was thought to be a potential successor for Pelosi. So those are kind of the two major consequences that people think about right off the top their heads. But there's also policy issues where I think a lot of people can remember 
senators in particular asking super off-base or unrelated questions about some new technology or AI or understanding the internet, and it, it makes them look out of touch. And in some cases, they can be out of touch with the way the world is changing. Yeah, those tech hearings really shone a light oh, yeah. uh, on the fact that a lot of these uh, folks in their older ages, I mean, the technology has moved so quickly, they really just didn't have a grasp of the subject matter. And I think that that made a lot of people think about what would be the best age for somebody to be president or to serve in Congress, for example. Pew Research Center actually asked what people thought would be the ideal age of a president. And about half of Americans said that they preferred someone in their 50s. They thought that that was a good, you know, sort of sweet spot for someone with experience, but not uh, so old that they felt like that they were uh, having, you know, declining uh, mental capabilities. Another quarter said that it's best for a president to be in their 60s. So Americans do seem to prefer. Three quarters of Americans seem to prefer at least people um, 50 or over. Is there any political appetite at all for any sort of age limit for any of these offices? No, not at this moment. And I think one of the things that is definitely worth pointing out is that a lot of um, people who oppose that and also oppose things like term limits say that age doesn't necessarily indicate that somebody is going to have mental acuity issues. It doesn't necessarily indicate that somebody will be unable to do the job. And making those assumptions in federal policy um, really doesn't seem like the direction anybody is going right now. All right. Well, let's leave it there for just a second, and we'll be right back. And we're back. And we should acknowledge that one of the reasons we're talking about this right now at all is because of some high-profile health issues with members of Congress. There have been concerns with California Democrat Dianne Feinstein. She was away from Congress for a number of months battling shingles, and there have been a number of reports about her mental and physical health in recent months. And then Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, he froze up during a press conference and appeared unable to speak for a number of seconds. Kelsey, how have both of those incidents affected this debate? Yeah, when in the instance of Diane Feinstein, I think the um, the direct impact was a little bit clearer because her absence was having a clear impact and was making it hard for Democrats to move forward with the nomination of a number of judges. Uh, with McConnell, it's a little bit less direct. Uh, but there are a lot of questions about how somebody who is in ailing health. I mean, he had a fall. He is recovering from injuries from an incident that happened some months ago um, and appears to be having lingering effects from that. There are questions of how he can be leading Senate Republicans in a moment when the Senate is so closely divided and there are some really serious differences happening within the Republican Party. I can think about um, the hold Senator um, Tommy Tuberville has on all of these military promotions and appointments that you know, there are some serious, serious concerns in the federal government about what will happen within the military ranks if this is not resolved. So, Domenico, I mean, how does this work in terms of once somebody is elected, it we're basically it's basically their decision on whether they are healthy enough to serve or, or how does this work exactly? Yeah, well, you know, not exactly. Right. I mean, this is about voters. And if voters continue to elect incumbents. And we can talk about all of the advantages of incumbency, you know, high name recognition, people are used to voting for people that whose names they know. Um, but it's up to people to pay attention. You know, if you think that you're, uh, that you need some new blood in Congress, or you don't think that the person who is at an older age isn't doing a good job, then 
they should vote them out. Just like, you know, somebody who might be younger, obviously, and has maybe some other issues or challenges. Um, you know, it's it, it, you really can't put it entirely on the person who wants to run for re-election, thinks they can still do the job. And in many cases, they can do the job quite effectively and have the experience to do so and have chairmanships uh, to be able to help their constituencies. Now, if you're in between terms, then yes, it is up to the person. Uh, you know, you might be um, might have people talking to them, uh, asking them, uh, you know, maybe that they might want to uh, have a change or spend more time with their family, as people like to say. I can tell you, if I'm 80, I really hope I'm not still doing this. <laughs> you know, there I might think be that's all the younger politicians say. Right? I mean, yeah. you know, yes. I hope to be on a beach somewhere or reading and just kind of chilling out, right? Um, but you know, I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, it's up to voters to decide. I think Domenico gets to two really important points there. One is he mentions chairmanships, and that's not something that we've talked about here. Uh, being in Congress for a long time does come with benefits. It means that you have a, accumulated knowledge, understanding, uh, expertise, and an ability to influence other people, relationships, all stuff that comes with time. So it's not necessarily always a bad thing to serve for a longer period of time. The other thing that he brings up that I think is important for us to revisit is Yes, a lot of this is being decided in primaries, but if anything, that is kind of a reason to talk about the involvement in primaries and the importance of primaries and people getting engaged at that level and not just in a general election. Do you guys think this is going to be a thing we're talking about next year as the presidential election heats up? Oh, heck yes. I mean, I think that it's a reason we're talking about it right now. It's People do have serious concerns. It is kind of odd as a situation to have uh, if it is you know president biden who says he's running for re-election and as long as he's healthy there's no reason to think he won't be you know that he'd be running at the advanced stage he's at and you know if it is trump who gets through the republican primary and there's lots of time left with a lot of early states to vote uh, that he would be uh, running as well. I mean, two people at you know the you know combined age of 157 would be running uh, for the White House. So yeah, it's going to be a principal front and center issue, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the thing people are going to vote on. Well, I mean, is this just the new normal? People are living longer over the next few years. So should we just expect that politicians are going to keep getting older? I mean, to some extent, but I do think we are going to see a sea change coming. I mean, I think that Biden and Trump are sort of a finger in the dam of some of this because they're so well-known, they're so recognizable, they have such high name ID. But if it is the two of them running in this general election, we're going to have an open presidential seat in 2028. You know, if Democrats take back control of the House, for example, in uh, the next presidential election, you're looking at Hakeem Jeffries uh, yeah. becoming uh, the potential next Speaker of the House, much younger than much Nancy younger. Pelosi, right, when she was Speaker of the House. So I think we actually are going to see quite the sea change coming, especially starting in 2028. No, and that's a very good point. I, I mentioned earlier the, the advanced age of the former uh, leadership ranks and Democrats, but they're not leaders anymore. Right. And there is a fresh new crop of people who are moving up the ranks. So it's, we have a lot to watch in the coming years. All right. Well, let's leave it there for now. Um, I'm sure we're going to be having this conversation a number of times over the next year, year and a half. No one is getting any younger. I'm Miles Parks. I cover voting. I'm Kelsey Snell. I cover politics. And I'm Domenico Montanaro, senior political editor and correspondent. And thank you for listening to the NPR Politics Podcast. Like my M3.
emphasis on senior there. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I like that. So I was into old. it. So <laughs> old. 